0: Each year, tens of thousands of lives are lost in our country due to gun violence. On any given day, around 110 people on average will be killed by guns, with hundreds more injured and traumatized. We're still grappling with the multiple horrific and heartbreaking mass shootings that have occurred in the past three weeks alone, including, tragically, right here in Chattanooga. Firearm injuries are now the number one cause of death among children and adolescents in the United States. We can't accept a country where senseless gunfire robs us of our loved ones. And that's why I'm declaring this Friday, June the 3rd, National Gun Violence Awareness Day in the city of Chattanooga, to not only honor all victims and survivors of gun violence locally and across the country, but also to say publicly, enough is enough. There's never been a more important time for the United States Senate to pass common-sense gun safety laws, and there's never been a more urgent need for parents, and owners of firearms to take basic steps to keep guns out of the hands of our children. If you have a firearm, keep it securely locked away and away from children. If you know that a child, especially your own child, has access to a gun, you have a moral responsibility to intervene or call the police. Our communities, our families, and our kids cannot wait. What the hell is that? Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to
1: hear. Give human beings opportunity, and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. Well, all right. How are you on this Thursday? If you're super, super fast and super early, you might get it late on Wednesday night, but likely it's Thursday or Friday or whenever it is you check in to the midweek download destination for thousands in the city of Chattanooga. This is the Stone On Air podcast, the supposedly for-profit venture that I've been doing now for what, four damn six years. It's a long time to be supposedly for-profit. My name is Brian. Thanks for being here. Generation. I no I generation. Yeah. All right, lots of things to do today, most of which not all that important. A, A small shift of the gears on the um, the front end, of course, that was uh, our mayor here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, Tim Kelly, something he posted on his social media, I just figured I'd play it because I originally planned on doing a little something with it, trying to just spend a few minutes being as civil as possible, and then I changed my mind and got over it and didn't care anymore. <laughs> so, uh, But it also is going to coincide with Tim Kelly was on Fox News, uh, it looked like it was a weekend program because it was much tamer, uh, Over, I guess it was just this past weekend, and I've got three cuts from it. That um, Again, I'm, I'm kind of abandoning the subject, but I'm still going to use the material that I've already put together. I'll tell you what I'm shifting gears on in just a second. I will just say right off the top before I forget, I am off next week, uh, off work completely. Uh, I'll tell you more about the other podcast here in a minute, but I've got a wide-open week to do absolutely nothing, so I will not do a podcast next week. It's also Bonnaroo week, so I want it to be a true real vacation week leading up to the weekend, because we'll actually, we'll be doing, um, not so much that it's going to be, uh, tiring or overbearing or anything, but actually are going to be doing some recording and podcasting while we were at the festival with the, what podcast. So, and maybe I'll do some for mine too. Depends on, you know, you never know who you're going to run into and the way that things are so shuffled and changed, uh, within the infrastructure that is. The publicity and backstage media compounds and campgrounds, it's all going to be very, very different. So there's really, uh, there's no expectations except we're just damn happy to be back. Just happy to be back on the farm. I'm, I'm really excited about it. So I'll just lay that out here real quick. The uh, final segment of the show, I'll go backwards, is going to be my Bonnaroo um, a preview. It's not going to be that long because there's not a lot to say about it. So uh, that'll be on the tail end, and then the middle section of the show, which the uh, second segment, I will stretch out on a little bit. I am going to go on and on and on about Riverbend this past week, um, and if they, you know, I get it if these aren't your subjects and you don't care, feel free to check out. I appreciate you coming in and and at least uh, testing the waters anyway. So that'll be coming up uh, here in just a little while. So let's start with where I just quickly shifted gears. And for the new listeners, my name is Brian. Thank you for being here. Stone On Air, all one word, is how you can find anything uh, that is uh, available online that I have uh, distributed and released, if you will, over the last six or more years. So a friend of mine, well, she's not a friend, I've never even met her before, but I've known of her for a long time. I know a couple of her kids. I know her ex-husband, Jim Reynolds. Used to work with him at the radio station uh, on this other river that no one listens to anymore. Talk 102.3 and... But I've always, she's always followed me, and I've followed back on social media, and we've communicated at times, but I don't believe I've ever met her. And I'm going to be um, deleting her out of my Instagram just because I need to be cleaning up my Instagram anyway because this is the new wasteland of social media. And she posted just a few minutes ago, literally 20, 15, whatever it was, minutes before I decided to sit down, hit record, and go, screenshot of, what is this? The Sly Show at the Sly Show does not look to have a blue check mark. It says breaking. All charges have reportedly been dropped against Paul Pelosi for his DUI crash. Gavin Newsom reportedly intervened at the request of Nancy Pelosi and directed and directly ordered the California Highway Patrol to drop all charges. She posted this screenshot on Instagram. I went to Google, Snoop, Snopes, whatever that's called. Anywhere else, it took no time at all to. Comp- First of all, I knew it was. I knew it was fake the minute I looked at it. It's totally bogus. Looking, this is the the rot, uh, the decay of Americans and social media, and people who we would normally consider to be somewhat intelligent people just doing ridiculously dumb things in their life. So then, a quick quick responses. This was just a little while ago. Uh, well, that's not a shocker. Uh, exclamation point, this is ridiculous. Uh, Well, that makes sense nowadays. Of course, the rules don't apply. And what was one more here in the original post? Uh, Damn, must be nice to get out of trouble just like that. And then I posted, this is not true. Totally made up internet waste. Took two seconds to fact check. Do better. Be better. And I'm going to leave that there until to see if I get a reply or see if she deletes it just as a human behavioral study, you know, in social media habits. And then I'm going to unfriend her. Not, oh, why would you, you don't just unfriend, she's not my friend. She's not my friend. I don't know her. There's no reason to have somebody in my social media feed, whether I do agree with them or not. There's no reason for them to be there if I don't know them and they're this reckless. Click, delete, goodbye, See you later. Don't cl- don't or pass go if you want. Don't collect two hundred dollars. All right, let's move along to the originally scheduled programming on the Stone On Air podcast. So one thing I will say about the guns thing, it is pretty hysterical to see. Uh, sorry to laugh about it. That Brett Kavanaugh, the Supreme Court justice, had a deranged person with a gun outside of his house, and I guess he was threatening him or. Maybe post it online. I don't know. don't care. I don't read uh, deep into anything other than actual Reuters or uh, Wall Street Journal or AP news reports. But so immediately Mitch McConnell goes into the Senate and starts screaming that we must pass, what is it called? Uh, What do they call it? Demanding the Supreme Court security bill. Wait a second. Hold on. I thought legislation doesn't make, people safer from gun violence and crazy people really seriously this is what we're doing here it's all part of a the production package for the political entertainment complex and the ads are going to run and the scare tactics and the fear-mongering it is um it is is beyond pathetic all the way around top to bottom left to right in the middle in between everywhere it's disgusting. It's gross. It makes me sick. It makes me laugh. It makes me terrifyingly laugh. Screw every damn one of them. Screw every single one of them. Uh, let it, uh, okay, so the Chattanooga Drive-In Show, for any of you who cross over to that show that I do, that I produce primarily for Jeff Styles, including with uh, Jim Lambert and um, Russell Stroud, is on a hiatus. Jeff has a uh, medical condition he's getting taken care of. Nothing, n- nothing too serious. He'll be fine, but needs some time to recover. And really, overall, that show was just becoming increasingly difficult to maintain because it is really unprecedented in nature. Every single day on location um, it is a, it's a very expensive show to do. Lots of time. Lots of money we'd pay to rent the facilities, um, it et cetera. It's it was very very difficult, and this was a, a rest needed for sure for everybody. We've been going since October fourth. That's a pretty damn long time. I didn't give it into the new year. I as December was you know limping on down. I I knew that we were, or I, I didn't know anything. I thought we probably weren't going to make it into January, and not only did we make it into January, we made it all the way to last week. But it is supposed to be a paying gig. It's not a hobby. And that was the the discussion going in. Very emphatic, as a matter of fact. This was no, like, we'll just see what happens and tread tread water until we get... No, it was like, this is a money-making venture or we don't do it. And that's not why we're not doing it now, but I would be lying if I said it didn't have something to do with it. So we'll see where it lies in the next month and a half to maybe two full months. Uh, podcasts don't do not have to be every day. And as a matter of fact, I can make the argument: it's dumb to do them every day. It's not a radio show. It's not a radio station. You know, if you want to do it every day, then hey, you can do whatever you want. No one's telling you you shouldn't or you can't. You're. It's up to you. But I, I I'll make the argument: there's zero reason to to do a podcast every single day. And I think that this might prove that out. So maybe we'll restructure it. Maybe we'll do. A, um, a rebranding and, a, and, and reformatting. I don't know. We decided to just take a breather because I was off next week anyway. Um, Russell had some stuff to do and everything else I already mentioned. So if that was something you're usually looking for, I don't know how much of the audience crosses over. That is why you're not going to hear it anytime soon. But more on that as time goes along. Just a couple of things here. I want to talk about this lookout thing first in this open segment before I play Tim's um, audio and then just do festival talk on the rest of the way out. Speaking of social media, speaking of just the, the the wasteland that has now become basically all of them, even TikTok's becoming difficult, Twitter was my favorite thing for forever. I swear to God, it is it is a place to go to want to punch somebody in the face. If there's somebody right next to you, if you're spending any amount of time on Twitter, or let me rephrase that, if I am spending any amount of time on Twitter, and I spend a lot of time there because I like to know what's going on, I like to be up to date with the with the most up to date information and you can't get information quicker anywhere than Twitter. Now, that doesn't mean that information is valid. It doesn't mean that information is worthy of of your consumption, but you're not going to get it anywhere else quicker and it has gotten to the point where I just want I get so furious. And I don't know what's changed other than just my my fuse is shorter. If if I didn't need all this stuff to help promote the things I do, I am to the point almost where, what am I doing? Why would I even do this to myself? You know, you know the old class, look in the mirror. What are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you doing this to yourself? It's very, very uh, frustrating. Facebook, uh, you know, it doesn't even count. I don't, I don't even, I don't even use that other than just to, to skim and um, and Instagram. Instagram wants to be a version of Twitter. And TikTok, and it's becoming some kind of morphed bastardization of what it was originally supposed to be. I guess people are liking it. I'm not, but um, like I said, I don't have to do it. But I feel like there is a need that I probably should. And the lookouts here. So this is this is interesting. I could do a long segment on this, but I'll just touch this from the Times Free Press the other day. Maybe it was just yesterday. There's a conservative think tank in uh, Nashville called the or from the Beacon Center. And uh, the quote from the guy who runs this thing, uh, the new stadium plan, I'm going to just assume you understand where people are talking, trying to get a new stadium on the south side over in the old Wheeland, Wyland, whatever it is, uh, foundry site that looks like a set of The Walking Dead. Really, it is. It's, it's just terrible looking when you're coming in from Nashville. It would be a, a fantastic uh, a redevelopment project where that stadium could be the crown jewel. It says... The owners of the Lookouts would... Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, the wrong one. Uh, The new stadium plan has been a boondoggle from the start and is nothing more than a handout to the well-connected millionaires at taxpayer expenses from Mark Cunningham. Then it says the owners of the Lookouts would rather focus on trying to get a new stadium on the tab of the taxpayers than the fact that 60% of the stadium sat empty in 2021. Well, here we go with more misleading to... Basically complete misinformation for many months. The stadium wasn't at full capacity. numb nut. Jesus Christ. It takes two seconds to figure this stuff out. I know most people don't fact check it. That's why they think they can get away with this. I don't remember how long it was. It was, it was well into the season before they were at full capacity. Jesus. One call to the front office, to rich Mazingo, who often answers the phone. No joke. I'm not not like occasionally regularly is sitting there in the office answering the phones. How do I know? I called his ass the other day. Um, I'm not going to read all this stuff now because it just pisses me off. I was reading it with much more um, interest earlier. Not that I'm not interested. It's just so there's two angles here. There is uh, this study that is using erroneous information to try to keep Tennessee from the state of Tennessee, the county, anybody putting any kind of money into this development. And then there's the – what I do agree is a little bit, I, I you know, a head-scratching, eye-opener a little bit, is that Jim Coppager seems to try to – is trying to push this thing through, which I say, go, Jim, go. I hope he does. Um, his, his run as mayor, his tenure is over on September 1st. And Weston Wamp, my guy, who I voted for, I'm happy he's there. He did campaign on – and I didn't notice until later in the campaign – that uh, putting money towards stadiums wasn't exactly anything he's interested in doing. And so Jim Carpenter is trying to kind of work with Tim Kelly and, and whoever else to kind of expedite this before he walks out the door. And I will give you Weston's quotes. It says, quote, the questionable economics of publicly funded stadiums notwithstanding, I do not understand the rush to make a genera- a generational decision about this site on the cusp of an historic transition in county government goes on to say there is no looming deadline to act and there are far more questions than answers. At this point, we have not seen an architectural rendering, a complete financial plan or adequate community involvement. Womp said at a time of quote, unprecedented violence and inflation, the city and County should focus on the immediate challenges in Chattanooga and lead the longer term plans for the South side to a new County commission taking office September 1st, which will include at least seven new commissioners. And while I have to say um, Weston, you are not wrong. You should uh, be saying that. Uh, I don't care. Go, Jim. Go. Push it through. Let's get some money. I want that area looking better, and I want that stadium built. I don't want to go to Lookouts games at that stupid AT and T field anymore. All right, real quick, couple, uh, couple, three clips from Tim Kelly on Fox News over this past weekend. It's got the question on the front end of it too. I'll just uh, give you a little heads up of what it is asking. The question that everybody's always going to ask, is this about gangs with the shootings here recently in in uh, Chattanooga?
2: And one of the things you also said in the press conference that you're not going to be shy about talking about where this is coming from. You say it's a small group of individuals. Does that mean gang activity?
0: Now, I, you know, I don't think it's what any of us would think of traditionally as gangs, but uh, it has been called that here. Uh, the fact of the matter is, you know, we've got uh, communities in Chattanooga that have been, uh, you know, grindingly poor. Uh, for for generations and generations, and uh, that's the, the root cause of the problem. And my administration is really focused on addressing that end of the problem as well. So, uh, you know, again, Chief Murphy is just now getting her feet under her desk and getting her command staff in order. But I am committed to uh, funding the department for anything and everything that it needs to combat the problem here.
1: What can Congress do? A lot of these are the same throwaway questions that all these, especially weekend anchors, are asking. And then Tim goes on to t- goes on to talk about uh, the amount of guns before and after the pandemic.
2: Well, you're going to need that local help, but you also think that Congress should pass a law. Is there any law that you think Congress could pass that would have prevented these killings?
0: I, I HOPE SO. I MEAN, AGAIN, it's THIS IS NOT AN EITHER OR THING, IT'S A BOTH AND THING, RIGHT? I MEAN, THIS IS NOT THE TIME OR THE PLACE FOR A PARTISAN FOOD FIGHT. Uh, THIS IS A TIME WHERE WE NEED TO COME TOGETHER AND FIND OUT WHAT WE CAN AGREE ON AT THE FEDERAL LEVEL TO HELP PREVENT THIS SORT OF THING. Uh, AGAIN, there's THERE ARE TENS OF MILLIONS MORE GUNS ON OUR STREETS FROM AMERICAN CITIES THAN THERE WERE BEFORE THE PANDEMIC. Uh, And, you know, I don't know about you, but I mean, I trust law enforcement to uh, to to help resolve the problem. And and they've been pretty universal about their call for more common sense uh, gun
1: measures. As per usual, Tim Kelly always with a very measured response to just about any question. He does it very, very well. And the final one here, crime before and after his first year as mayor of this town. Has he seen anything different from then till now?
2: When you were. Uh, before you were mayor you were in business and philanthropy and and you decided to run for mayor How did the crime even a year and a half ago since you've been in office compare to what you're dealing with today?
0: Well, the pandemic has been devastating in a lot of respects. Obviously, it was tough from a public health perspective, but it it also caused this kind of terrible ripple effect throughout society. And I think we're seeing the the tail end of that now. But we will get it under control in Chattanooga. Chattanooga is a fantastic city with fantastic potential, which is why I ran for mayor. But this is part of the reason I ran for mayor. But we have to address uh, these, these problems, and we
1: will. Chattanooga Mayor Tim Kelly on the Fox News television channel this past weekend. Speaking of this past weekend, uh, Riverbend is come and gone. And how did it go? What did it look like? What did it feel like? What did it sound like? I will do my best to paint that picture for you coming up next. Stone on air. will be right back. This is cool. Stoneonair.com. I-
2: Behind me, thousands of people are enjoying the festival. Mayor Tim Kelly announcing earlier they've increased security outside of that festival because of the recent shootings. Safety is a main priority in events this big so people can kick back and relax. The gates are open and people are flooding in. Visitors from near and far came to listen to music and dance while enjoying a cold beverage at the Riverbend Festival after finally making its return since being canceled for two years because of the pandemic. Richard Brewer says he came to the first Riverbend Festival in 1982.
1: We had 60,000, 70,000 people down here tonight. Things have changed and change is always going to take place change is good.
2: Having less people for me personally is better because I feel like more, not more safe but just like more comfortable. Folks are glad to have this festival back and celebrate it together once again. You are like a hurricane.
1: Calm in your eyes. It's so funny when they're doing that vignette. I think that was channel 3 and she says and Festival goers are pouring through the gates And there's like Seven people Walking through the gate Cause they're down there doing news Vignette coverage At 4.30 Of course there's nobody there at 4.30 Or 5.30 And a lot of people Well, I'll get to that in a minute This is Jason Isbell doing um, Neil Young's uh, Like a Hurricane I will Talk more about that as I break down some of the um, performances from over the weekend here in just a few. I am going to stretch out on this for a little bit, so sorry if that is uh, not what you're here for. But I know some people are because I had a couple people say I'm looking forward to what your thoughts are because there was a lot of people talking all weekend long. It was the it was the common theme of anytime there was a break in the action, meaning it was you know a conversational moment. Every single person I came in contact with, and I would guess that this is true with most people, was, oh my God, can you believe what we're what we're doing here? Can you believe that this is this? Um, I got to imagine that came across almost everybody's mind and at some point, a talking point throughout the entire weekend, I got some variation of, can you believe we're at a real festival? Can you believe this? More than a few times. And, uh, I, I, and every time I was like, I actually can believe it because I had faith and belief in the people who were doing this. And, uh, maybe I'll stretch a little bit more on that here in a minute as well. But, uh, first of all, just so you know, my, uh, my vantage point, my where I am from, uh, you know, where my eyes are looking and where my past has been as, as to how I use that as a precedent, I have been credentialed or guested or some combination of the two to almost every music festival I've ever been to. One of the main reasons I got the gig once upon a time in this media radio world and kept it for so long was because that was worth a lot of money to me and not just the dollars and cents, uh, all the other stuff that comes along with it as well. Let's just make up a number. If I've been to a hundred festivals, I have been credentialed, guested, comped, to 91 of them. All right. So just to give you an idea where I'm coming from. I have paid for some festivals, but not many. So this one was me uh, attending as a straight up a, a patron, a customer, a festival goer, paying the full freight, It's the wrong media company, even if I, it mattered, the wrong beer company or the sponsors, meaning they, I don't have any connections, nothing. I bought the ticket when it went on sale, the wristband when it went on sale, because I loved the lineup. So let's just start with the logistics of it. It's kind of got a three-part layout. And if you're familiar with Ross's Landing at all, and you spend any amount of time down there, this should make sense to you. So there's one part that is the old riverbend. So like the Bud stage over by the old yachty on the concrete. Not much different about that. That's pretty much the same way you're always going to see it. Logistically, a little different with some of the guardrails and some of the placement of the uh, the different vendors and sponsors, but basically the same as you're used to. Then there's the down on the Ross's Landing, Riverfront Nights style uh, uh, setup. Only thing really different with it, much better sound. Much better stacks of speakers and sound down there. But if you know what it's like to go to Riverfront Nights, then you know what it was like to be down at the Chevy stage. And then the best part, the bo- the most perfect part, maybe perfect is the wrong word, but they've one of the better parts, the redesign of the Coke stage slash main stage setup. It's on Chestnut Street facing the Chattanooga Green, facing towards Old Jotty Bridge. And it's amazing what you can do with space that your mind can't think of until... It just is done for you by experts. Generally, that that Chattanooga Green that there is huge. Same kind of thing with Coolidge Park when um, when Moon River came in. You think eh, this is kind of a small park? Probably can't really put too many you know too big a stages and too many people in here. No, no. You actually you can, and that's the same way they utilize the Chattanooga Green in front of the now you know new Coke stage. No signage, which I thought was fantastic. No signage and ugly. Uh, just tacky looking banners or anything like that. I mean, there were some in some places, but not around the stages. And um it just the lighting, the uh, the proximity to the stage that you could get, it was gorgeous. It was absolutely so cool. and and another just the kind of neat part is when you're coming to the entrance of the what would be considered the main entrance,, uh, you're walking behind the stage to go to the other side, closer to the river to walk in. So it gives some people a different vantage point they've never had before. I mean the, the fences have that kind of you know mesh uh, covering inside the chain link so you can't see in real well but you can still see and it you know to a lot of people who've never really seen or stood behind a big massive stage, I thought there's probably a lot of people that thought that was pretty neat. Maybe that's a geek in me that's always thought that's neat. And most people maybe they thought it was annoying cuz all the exhaust from the tour buses. I don't know. I just kind of thought that was kind of cool. Um concessions, vending, porta johns, amenities, vendor, media, food truck row, all this stuff I wrote down to myself. It just really to all just put it simply, there were no real lines. And if there were, all you had to do was walk to the other side where no one was cuz almost nothing was ever opposed and if it did it just overlapped a little bit. But it never felt empty. It felt very, very full most of the time towards the evenings. Um, uh, traffic, Foot traffic just flowed very, very nicely. And lots of great food options. uh, Plenty of chances to buy really terrible beer from Budweiser. Uh, They also did have liquor. They were pouring liquor drinks. And those, you know. That, that doesn't matter. That's never going to satisfy me in any setting where we're at these days. So that that my thoughts on that don't matter. But a couple of things involving social media here. For some reason, people just want to hate on things just because they think it's fun. You know, what I mean, that's just what we do. And many people regurgitating or maybe it was their own. I don't I have a feeling it's people who weren't actually there who were screenshotting and putting out pictures Of light crowds and empty looking stage areas, and Jet, of course, they were always during the day, and then, like, you know, thinking they're making fun of Riverbend, and then all it took was just a couple of people who were actually there to shoot them down. It's so pathetic. Just another, now the third, you know, reference on this show today alone of people just, I mean, just children, adult children who have no social media self control. It's so disgustingly gross. It is fun to call them out though, because it's so easy, because they're so dumb. It's they're, they're so dumb. You're, you're playing with intellectually void people here. But so I'll move on from that to move on to uh what was an excellent part of what Riverbend did this year, which every major festival in the country has already been doing it. So it, I, they shouldn't get this is what you're supposed to do. But I do want to just give a, an applause for the social media team. It was it was gorgeous. They did just the right kinds of posts at just the right kinds of time. I watched the guy with the drone. I happened to be right next to him him and the, uh, it looked like his girlfriend who was helping him. Um, a lot of this is freelance stuff. I didn't recognize him I a mean, younger kid probably mid20s, late 20s. And I was so fascinated with what he was doing. I watched from uh, you know, about 20 feet away and I so badly wanted to go to talk to him and just ask him like, hey man, how's that work? How does that remote control work? How do you, how you download that, that video and audio? And how do you splice that together? I was so uh, uh, curious to know, but I also know how annoying it is to be uh, talked to by fanboys or dorks like me when you're trying to work. I also understand how that's flattering, too. So I was trying to balance it too. I left them alone. But excellent, excellent social media work. Uh, every night had a recap of the festival, video and audio-wise, done as professional as anything you're going to see. By the next morning, it was really, really impressive. Uh, entrances and security. I have a feeling if I knew more about that, there was that was probably a a, a, a lower grade I would give them. Um, I didn't I mean no problems getting in and out. I have a, I just I don't have enough to go on it to say exactly, and I don't want to say anything negative that I'm not sure about. But if there's something that might need to be shored up a little bit more, it might be getting in and out. it's not because of lines. Because the lines weren't bad, at least not when I came through. Uh, but I bet there they could use some work there. I um, already talked about uh, signage, uh, de- just design, lighting. Uh, the the new uh, it's not new really anymore. This uh, trend of illuminating tree lines that Coachella started years ago, Bonnaroo started doing it the last couple of years. They did it here as well. It just looked gorgeous having the light shoot up into all the trees throughout the uh the, the there's not even that many of them but once you see it lit up like that you're like man there's more trees down here than i thought looked very very cool all the stage lighting especially on the coke stage was uh just just gorgeous really and then of course the perfect weather just you know that doesn't have anything to do with the event planning or you know any logistics or anything it just happened to fall that way it was and this is this is a little bit of a prisoner of the moment but it was almost might be the best outdoor festival gathering the city of Chattanooga has had that I've ever been to and it would only be second to Moon River 2018 and then second or third to Moon River 2019 so I mean that's it that's the list that's the three best at least of the 21st century in, in my adult life but for me personally Riverbend was better than those two And the only reason Moon River, the first one, would have been better because it was such a a culture shock to Chattanooga. But that was four years ago now. I'm living in the now, not living back then. So um, I'm also a big fan of the people running this thing. And I used to love Riverbend. Before I became the Riverbend hater that everybody thinks I still am until recently, I used to love Riverbend. I've gone almost every year of my adult life. It was just 2016 when I decided to say enough's enough. I'm done supporting this piece of crap festival. And uh, now I'm back on board, just like I've been saying for the last two years. If you do this, 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 and this, this, I'm back on board. Guess what they did? This, 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 and this. Not just because I was asking for it, because any reasonable, rational, normal person was asking for it. So let's just run down the um, the what I saw for the weekend. Uh, the uh, World Series trophy on Saturday. I missed all of Sunday. Had to work late, and uh, there wasn't as much there for me. Did an all dayer Saturday. Got my picture made with the trophy, no line. Got there at 2 o'clock, it was beautiful. I could have taken 10 pictures with it if I wanted to, uh, but one was good enough. Arrested Development opened up the day. It was quite honestly kind of the perfect show to start that day. Um, The way they balanced out the set list, lots of samples of popular music from the 90s. This was their this is their 30th anniversary of that first record that made them so popular Uh, that had, you know, Tennessee is the biggest hit. I cannot believe I forgot about the song. Mr. Wendell. Yeah. And when they played Tennessee earlier on towards the end, I thought, what are they going to end with? Oh, dummy. They're going to end with Mr. Wendell. And in between there, they played Jump from crisscross. Cross. They played House of Pain, more on samples. I don't think they were actually playing at full instruments. And they, it, it was just, it, it was juggled really well to keep the audience very attentive. I, I've thought, man, what a great start to the weekend. Then go down to the Chevy stage for the communicators. Um, it's the, the same as always, which is which is a compliment. It's just a bunch of musicians. It's kind of a rotating cast. And uh, who, however it works for whichever song they're going to do from Beastie Boys to Alice in Chains to Snoop Dogg, they bring up whoever works best. Uh, it was it was fine. It was good enough. Um, Moon Taxi, which I knew wasn't going to blow me away because they're uh, if you listen to the uh, to the preview show, I'm probably saying about the same thing. I've seen it so many times. There's nothing that new. But I was I am very surprised that I didn't care much for the Rage set. I really didn't. I didn't like the vocals, whoever was singing. Um, They had rotating people coming in for some of that. I just didn't think it translated well. I'm in the minority on that. Most people really, really enjoyed that. I was happy that it was happening, but I was expecting it to be something I enjoyed a lot more, but um, that's just one person's opinion. Uh, Then after that, Strung Like a Horse. uh, I'm sorry to be hashtag best show ever guy, but I'm going to be hashtag best show ever guy meaning best strong show I've ever seen. I've seen strong at least, you know, double digit times, at least 10, maybe a dozen times. And, um, and that was my favorite. And it might've just been the energy. There was just so many people down there. Uh, It was a big reunion of just local musician friends, uh, friends from, you know, have nothing to do with the local scene it was just a really happy, fun place to be. It might have had more to do with that than it had to do with the actual performance by Strong, but I think it's a combination of the two. By that point now, it's around 7 o'clock. I've been here five hours. Heat and other combinations of just getting a little tired. And my friend had his boat docked down there, and that's right next to where they have the screen, just like they used to have at the old river bend on the other side of the pier, away from the uh, where the old Coke stage would have been big screen with speakers. So you can watch the grace Potter show. Yes. I'm that guy. I'm that guy. I watched the grace Potter show from the docks at my friend's boat. And it was a nice kind of little breather that, uh, that I needed. Uh, let's see. So now then to, to wind down the, uh, end of the night cage, the elephant, the show was fantastic. The sound, the lighting, the, uh, the lasers and the 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 boxed out kind of hol- I don't want to call it a hologram again. It's hard to explain. Yeah, all also the lasers shooting into the trees that had all the illumination. It was so it looked so good. But what I will say is, and this just has to do with about the band Cage the Elephant. I don't like them any better now than I did before that show. If anything, I like them less. That's not an uh, an indication or an indictment on anybody or anything other than I just don't like that band a whole lot. Uh, the singer annoys me. I didn't like how much talking in between, not what he was saying, didn't care about that. I couldn't barely understand him. The taking the shirt off thing, it just, it wasn't quite my style. And it's not just that he took his shirt off. It was just, it it, it, just, it wasn't my style. And I didn't love the set. They did play my favorite song, so that's awesome. And uh, I enjoyed it. And I left with about four songs left, took off, called it a night, but it was phenomenal. And if you love Cage the Elephant, then you loved that show. going to try to pick up the pace here. As I know we're almost about 18 minutes in here. We'll just move on to Sunday. Sunday was a lot shorter. Started the day with uh war and treaty. And I really talked this one up. I talked it up a lot and I don't think it lived up to the, uh, to the height that I gave it. I think the heat of the day, not so much because it was so hot, because it was just, it was at the, I mean, maybe not the hottest technically by temperature, but it was a lot of the people that were there to watch it were over on the tree line, over on the other side of the road, just to get out of the shade. And that took away from some of the energy that they do a show that kind of, it builds on momentum. And if you're not there to experience it all, sometimes it's hard to take it all in. I hope other people's experiences might have been a little bit different. But for me, it was lacking just a little bit. I hate, 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 hate that I missed the local band Lennox Hills. Listen to more of them since I last talked to you. They're good. They're good. I I told you they were good. I didn't realize they were this good. They they might have more of an opportunity to make noise in the music world than I realize. One of Riverbend's hype videos they put out before the end of the weekend used one of Lennox Hill's songs, and it was freaking nice. It was it was it was slick. So I hate that I missed that. Dropped in for uh, Tanya Tucker for a few minutes, you know, and the legacy acts. Some people think they're cool. Some people think they're lame. Oftentimes, it just depends on how they're positioned. Tanya Tucker on the main stage Coke stage at nine 35 years ago is lame as hell. Tanya Tucker at five 30 in the afternoon, six 30 in the afternoon on the, um, uh, on one of the side stages or even the main stage. Well, that's kind of cool. I enjoyed it. Watched it for a few minutes. Then one of the biggest shows of the weekend I wanted to see government mule. I didn't realize I had a new album. And that ruined it. And I knew it. as soon as I found out they had a new album, I, I, I knew it was going to go this direction. And I'm not mad about it. And I'm not the guy who can't listen to new music from bands I like. I totally am. Except for with Mule. I wanted I wanted an old school rock set. They played a lot of the stuff from the new album. But it was fine. I had a good time. But it was absolutely the my least favorite government Mule show that I have ever seen. Um, but it was still fun. And so all this a lot of this is examples of the shows don't have to be the best shows I've ever seen to have a, an amazing outdoor festival and an amazing you know customer festival goer experience it's not about going and seeing the best music you've ever seen in your life it's about going and having the best time you can possibly have for the amount of money that you're spending it's the bands and your preferences that have to coincide to also become that perfect moment and all these things got to be working together. And for the most part, they were as with the perfect example of Jason Isbell on Sunday night to wrap it up. It's the best set I've seen from him in a while. Not going to say the best ever, but it was the best I can remember in some time. Part of that is every Sunday headliner at a festival has a, has a lesser crowd because people have checked out. And so there's comf- comfortable space. The set had all kinds of uh, of of stuff I wanted to hear in it and plenty that I did, didn't necessarily want to hear. I think the mix was so good. I think it, it, it went in and out from Isabel only f- fans to drive-by truckers and Isabel fans and um I thought it was damn near perfect. And then he closed it out and I didn't if I knew this I forgot. I didn't know that this song was in his uh, rotation. He closed with Neil Young's like a Hurricane. I don't know how many people knew or cared about that song, closing that set out. Maybe many didn't. But I'm a Neil Young crazy person. And if anybody covers Neil Young, you got my eyes and ears no matter where it's coming from. And lots of people do. And no, not shocking at all to me that Isbell would play it. I just didn't necessarily know it was part of his rotation. So for me, that was a huge surprise that put a huge exclamation point on the weekend for me. I ran the hell out of there. I didn't see a firework all weekend long. I hear they were great. Hope you enjoyed it. There you go. But all the haters, we didn't you, you weren't you weren't in welcome there anyway. This weeded out the people that didn't need to be there. Zero arrests. Zero arrest at Riverbend and then I had some comments here. I guess I'll read a couple of them real quick. Um uh, that I pulled off of social media. And I don't even really want to now that I do it. I always do this. Uh, one guy says, It will never be as good as it used to be. I've been going my whole life. The price was raised and the festival is shortened. No chairs, no good acts. Uh, th- 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 says, no arrests because they were killing each other on the other part of town. Sadly, no arrests. 18 injured, two dead, but no arrests yet. Welcome to the new Riverbend. More numb nuts online. Here's another one. No arrest at Riverbend needs to be tomorrow headline. Or this is a you know a good one. No arrest needs to be the headline tomorrow. That uh, the bar- Barry says I felt safe and the vibe of the crowd felt safe. I was there all weekend. Great experience. And you know some say it's the worst ever. Some say it's the best ever. It's as always. It depends on who you ask. And nobody asked me, but I had a fantastic time. What well, way to go, Chris Cobb. Way to go, Mike Dewar. Way to go, Jimmy Kelly, formative songbirds, and the countless other names that I don't remember and uh, and and don't know at all, who made a fabulous weekend a reality. $95 if you bought them early bird. You know how much Moon River cost? $185 for one less day. There's not a cheaper ticket in the history of festivals to that level than riverbend was great value great time home run 100 as they say to everybody involved is coming up next week i'll uh, give you a quick preview and wrap up the show next exactly
0: what I wanted to hear. On Rob, it's your turn. Okay, I'm feeling kind of basic today. Top five side ones, track ones. Janie Jones, Clash, from The Clash. Eh, let's get it on, Marvin Gaye from Let's Get It On. Nirvana, smells like teen spirit off a of Nevermind. Oh no, Rob, that's not obvious enough, not at all. How about uh, Point of No Return on Point of No Return? Lewis, so you can uh, get up, uh, uh, up a... <laughs> shut up,
1: shut <laughs> up. White light, white heat.
0: Velvet Underground. Yeah, that would be on my list, though yeah. not on mine. Massive Attack. No protection. The song is "Radiation oh, Ruling the Nation." Kind of a new record.
1: Very, me, I was a In a night. minute. Very nice, Rob. A sly declaration of new classic status slipped into a list of old safe ones. Very pussy. Excuse me. I was in. In uh, a night. minute. Couldn't you be any more obvious than that, Rob? How about uh, I don't know? The Beatles. How about fucking fucking Beethoven? Track one, side one of the Fifth Symphony. How can someone who has no interest in music own a record store? It's so funny, I just decided to pick that that rejoin from High Fidelity. I'll tell you why in a minute. I mean, it's not so funny, but it's interesting anyway. Uh, first I'll tell you the original reason why I picked it is because I wanted to play some Tool coming back and I wanted to play my favorite song and I don't know the names of any of these damn Tool songs anymore but I knew the album Anemia and then it turns out that my favorite song is Anemia it's a song about how Los Angeles floats off into the into the Pacific Ocean but then I, uh, it's also got so many so much bad language in it even though I obviously just use bad language on the front end and I don't normally care about that you know other than just I try not to if I don't have to but then I realized this stink fist as I was going through the record it's like this is the best song on like kind of like that best song on the record bit from high fidelity this song's incredible it maybe isn't my favorite song but it would be on the list of the best songs off a full record from a band. So that's why I did that. Sorry. I went a long way to go not very far at all. And then yesterday or just this today, this morning, I started watching or listening to uh, the How I Built This podcast from the guy who started Pitchfork, the once just web almost blog of uh, music and album reviews and live show reviews, kind of like the, uh, the zines, as they were called, the... Uh, what we would have here locally once upon a time was Brevis and then the Enigma and then the what learned turned into things like the Chattanooga scene and the Nashville scene and the East Nashville and those kinds of things originally started in the late 90s and immediately uh, shifted from print to online basically before anybody else did. And it turned into a monster. And the guy who started it, sorry, I don't remember his name. Um, I already got some clips. I'll play from it on the show eventually was talking about how we were those guys from High Fidelity. We were in there who would scoff at you if you were buying a record they didn't think was, uh, that lived up to their standard of music snobbery. And they were kind of joking and having a laugh about how, yeah, that those movie scenes of them in the record store was kind of where he was as he got out of high school. He decided not to go to college and um, just started working in record stores and then started this you know little magazine and and music and and reviews and all that and uh, so I thought that was interesting timing that all that fell together uh, like that. So I'll do this pretty quickly because there really isn't a hell of a lot to say other than um, Bonnaroo is here, it's back finally, and the lineup sucks. It really does. It's not. It's not good. And and the 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 most interesting part of it, as I've been in a part of now a recent podcast that had different generations. Everywhere from a, a mid-teenager to a mid-20-somethings to a mid-30-somethings to 40-somethings, literally all the way up into the you know, 50s and you know however old Barry Corder is. Sorry, I don't mean to date you there, Barry. But um, lots of different perspectives, and they're all the same. Yeah, it's not very good. It doesn't happen very often. It doesn't happen very often that every single person you come in contact with agrees that a major music festival lineup isn't very good normally when someone says it's not very good it's because you just don't get it either you're too young or you're too old like you can't identify with this uh, from whatever vantage point you have that's usually how that comes down that doesn't seem to be the case at all one of the guys we had on the what podcast the other day uh, i didn't ever catch his age but he i, I believe was mid-20s and they're doing this the group group camping concept where you buy basically like groups ticket sales and rather than try to get 25 people in at once you just buy an area that will fit 25 people and he said almost every one of them thinks this festival lineup isn't very good but another unique thing which based on the way ticket sales are going will find out where those are at coming up, you know, in a week from now. Generally, usually the, it doesn't matter who's on the lineup. Usually it works for most people. It's always worked for me. Who's that Bonner this year? Doesn't matter. I mean, I'll tell you when we talk about it, but the short answer is it doesn't matter except for maybe this year it's mattered more than ever because it's just, it's lacking star power. It's not lacking undercard. Bonnaroo never lacks undercard. They usually don't lack in star power either. This year they do. I'm not going to bore you with a bunch of uh, bands playing that I'm not going to see. I'm just going to give you a handful that I'm going to see here in just a couple of minutes. But to give you another kind of overview snapshot of this, our campground, uh, Camp Nut Butter as we've called it, you know, you've heard me talk about it over the years at times, has been dwindled down to about a half dozen if we're lucky. And just like everything else in most industries, the pandemic gave people reason and a kind of like a a free pass to start cutting and changing. Because you can't really complain when everything sucks and everybody's going through the same problems. If we're going to make drastic changes, nobody can really fault anybody for that. It's also a, a, a great excuse for cost cutting. And they have slashed, slashed, slashed. So many things that were so big to the experience for me at Bonnaroo. It was not about going to seeing bands. It really wasn't. That certainly was part of it, and it it it, it enhanced my experience, but it was, it was the working nature of it. It was the kind of exclusive nature of it that I have been experiencing since 2005. That's a long, long time. And I got to know a lot of people and created some really solid relationships in the industry and primarily out of Nashville, people who would take my phone calls now who never would have before who matter because of this and and we kind of gather as a as an annual you know uh, homecoming of sorts and so many of these things have been budget cut eliminated. the area that we would camp at was I mean it was heaven. I mean, it doesn't get any better. Well, these guys have now realized uh, we shouldn't be giving away the prime premium camping areas. We should be selling it. And so it's now called Platinum uh, Camping, where we used to be. And it's now, it's like thousands of dollars a ticket. So where they're going to put us, cram us in a corner somewhere. Will we have tree cover? Will we be out in the middle of a field to the left somewhere? Will we have a working area? We used to have an entire compound. I would guess like 2,000 square feet to... uh, for working and, and press and uh, the radio stations and the, and the, uh, uh, the studios. Oh my, the, the hay bale studio, all these things. I don't know for a fact that every single one of them are gone, uh, but I know close enough to a fact. So that's, that bums me out a little bit, but so we'll see how it goes, but I'm in. So I'm very, very happy about it. On Friday, uh war on drugs is the only band I absolutely have to see on the witch stage. Robert Plant and Alison Krauss. They're playing, Close to that same time frame, I might try to zigzag in and out. Probably not, though. Lord Huron is a band everybody loves. They tell me I got to know them. I got to see them. I will try to make that happen on Friday at Bonnaroo. On Saturday, uh, let the, uh, the uh, only must is Tool. That night, I have passed up the opportunity to see Tool. At least three or four times, maybe more. I loved them for a while, like from when I was 16 to like 22. They were one of my favorites, but I haven't really cared much since. Billy Strings, before Tool, I'll definitely see that. Likely that's it on a Saturday. Judah and the Lion, I've got a a highlight on. That's not realistic. Seen them before. Mountain Joy, got a highlight on. Probably not. And then if I make it till Sunday, which I hope I do, I want to, Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats on the main stage in the afternoon will be a uh, definitely a nice time. And, uh, you know, Stevie Nicks on Sunday night, it just uh, it, it it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything for me. And that's pretty much it. I mean, there's a couple other heroes you probably haven't heard of. And, you know, your best-made plans at Bonnaroo are at best going to come – Fifty percent to fruition, maybe. You know, making up a number. What's what's that? Whatever the you know, we plan and God laughs. You know, plan Bonnaroo and the Bonnaroo gods just laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. So for now, the weather looks fantastic, hot. But then again, as always, who didn't know that? Chances of rain a couple of the days are in the twenty-five ish percent, which means that that could definitely increase depending on how uh, barometric pressure and all that goes. If anything were to come, you know, swathing through from the West uh, we'll see. But as of now, it looks dry and hot and sunny and um, I'll take it. I'll take it all day long. And that's all I'll do on that. Thank you so much for listening to this show. It means the world to me. I do have two or three ideas always have ideas they rarely come to any kind of a reality that i might share with you in the next few weeks but uh, i'll be gone here until uh let's see what would that be the 25th uh, maybe the 23rd 22nd 23rd something like that i'll uh, get you a uh or is that even right hell i don't know just not next week <laughs> that's all i know for sure love you to death y'all have a great one talk to you again soon see you later bye